Hey everyone, welcome back to season four of You Betcha She Did. As a quick reminder, during season four, the summer season, we're going to be slowing things down a bit and releasing episodes every two weeks. Um, production will pick up again in the fall because it's summer in Wisconsin, which is the best time. Plus, my kiddos are home, so that leaves me with a little, little less time. That being said, we have an awesome lineup this summer. And a few changes real quick. Remember that You Betcha She Did can now be found on YouTube. Please go check us out. We have short tidbits from each guest. So if you're looking for a quick bite of inspiration, this is the place to be. All you have to do is search for You Betcha She Did on YouTube. And I really, really appreciate it if you would subscribe to our channel. That being said, we are gonna get started today with an amazing guest named Molly Mandelberg. She is living the digital nomad life. She helps businesses move to the next level in all sorts of ways. And while she's doing that, she is traveling around the country in her van. Not a van down by the river, if you get that Chris Farley connection, but she's in a van. So if you've ever been curious about living the digital nomad life, tune in. Molly's got some great advice for us. Without further ado, here we go. Did she really do that? You betcha she did. Hello and welcome back to You Betcha She Did, the podcast where female entrepreneurs and women who have paved the way share their wit and wisdom. I'm your host, Raina Rakiki. Today, my guest is Molly Mandelberg. She is the founder of Wild Hearts Rise Up. And while she doesn't like to have titles, she helps people bring their business from wherever they're at to that next level. And that includes a whole range of services. Molly, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you. First, let's let's just kind of dive in. Like I know you you wear many hats as you help entrepreneurs, but tell our listeners a little bit about some of the things you do. Yeah, so I mostly work with um, coaches and healers and conscious leaders, people who trade in wisdom and guidance. And while they're often amazing at what they do and they change people's lives, they usually hate talking about what they do. They hate. Um, putting the word out about what they do because they don't like talking about it. And uh, they often happen to be more uh, empathic, intuitive people. So they're usually not very good with technology and systems and strategy. So I help them craft their deep work into inspiring content and hot copy to tackle the technology necessary to spread their message and to uh, yeah reach more people. Yeah, I mean, even in your own personal life, you've been able to find a nice balance of doing the work that you love, but also traveling. Like, I know you're really big into van life. Would you consider yourself a digital nomad then? Yeah, I definitely am a digital nomad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I I do a lot. I would say the reason that I'm able to help people do more is because I've figured out ways to balance the amount that I want to be traveling, the amount I want to be, you know, going to see my favorite bands in concert and visiting family and spending time with people that I love while also, you know, publishing books and launching four to six courses every year and running two podcasts and serving clients one-on-one and running groups in the meantime. Like I do a lot of things in my business and I'm only able to do all of that and still have a life because I've set it up in a way that supports me and I've, you know, honed in my schedule so that I can actually uh, have free time while also being productive. 
What skills do you think really helped you along with that? Because a lot of people really struggle with that balance of trying to do everything they need to do. I mean, is it more about focusing on exactly what you need or block scheduling? Yeah. What's what's your secret? Yeah. Block scheduling is definitely a big one. I found that um, early on in my business, I was really battling with wanting to create new things and trying to fit that into an existing full schedule of clients and obligations. And so I got really, uh, really kind of obsessed with scheduling and having more boundaries around these are days that I do calls. This is These are days where I'm like externally delivering. And then these are days that are sort of sacred for my creative time. So I only serve clients and lead calls and workshops three days a week and usually three weeks a month. And so I have all this creative time to either be traveling and doing things and um, or making new things and working on a book or, you know, coming up with my new course or whatever the, the case may be. And that scheduling sort of those boundaries allow so much more to come out of me. And in addition to that, I think um, batching and using technology to schedule things. So if I'm going to sit down and write an email for my list, I'm going to stay seated as long as possible because the hardest part about creating content is getting your butt in the seat. Once you get your butt in the seat, my recommendation is to stay seated as long as you possibly can. And so having more space in my calendar to allow for that means that I can create more. And then, you know, I'm going to be gone off grid for a couple weeks starting next week. And I've already got email scheduled out. I've already got social media content scheduled out. Like there's nothing is going to look that different as far as my presence online while I'm completely offline for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So it sounds like, I mean, just really staying organized. I love the separation of the creative work versus like the collaboration or talking with clients and other people, because it's hard when you mix the two, like, especially when you're in a creative role and you've got good ideas flowing, but then to switch gears and like, oh, now I'm going to do an email or now I'm going to take a call or a meeting. It's like that really, I don't know, for me, like wrecks the flow of it. It does. And if you can separate those two. Yeah. Yeah. So much better. Yeah, totally. And the switching back and forth, it takes more brain power to completely shift gears from one idea or one one way of being to another. So to force yourself to switch back and forth 10 times a day is a lot harder than just having, you know, a chunk of time or even a whole day where you're allowed to be creative. So for the entrepreneurs that you work with, is there a mistake that you often see repeated over and over again or something that you often have to, like an obstacle your clients have to overcome. Is, yeah, I do you mean, see any trends or is it kind of yeah, all over the board? It is it is kind of all over the board. I'd say that one of the bigger things is allowing something you don't know how to do to continue stopping you. I think it's really hard, especially when we're solopreneurs, we have this identity of I have to wear all the hats, I have to learn how to do everything. And that can be a really big burden if there's something you don't know how to do and it's stopping you in your tracks. And that makes it really easy to avoid because it kind of becomes an emotional issue of I don't know how to do this and that feels uncomfortable and asking for help is really hard. Um, Getting over the fear of asking for support or the hesitation in reaching out to see who you know, who knows how to do that or who is already, you know, skilled in that area that could support me. That 
is the biggest thing I recommend to anybody who's running a business, anybody who wants to grow beyond how they know what they know how to do right now is invest in mentorship, invest in support. I can remember being at my part-time job when I first started my business close to tears because I was so many tabs deep trying to figure out how to do something. You know, one of those rabbit holes where you're like, wait, I have to do this yep. before I can do that. I have to do this before I can do that. And I was just like angry that I didn't know how to do it. I was sad that I felt like there was this big wall I couldn't pass in front of me. And I had this realization in that moment that I'm not stupid. And there are people who know how to do this and do it well. So I'm just going to go learn from them. I'm going to go find people who have mastered these things that I want to do. And I'm going to let them teach me how to do it. And I think that's the biggest difference between people who make it or people who keep their business a hobby or people who quit their business. And I've been close to quitting my business plenty of times. I know what that feeling looks like. But being willing to invest in support, to show up and ask for help, and to allow yourself to receive that and learn from somebody who's figured it out before, I think that's the most important thing to do. And trend-wise, I mean, I'd say rather than saying one way of working or running your business is better than others, I think it's important to find one thing you really want to do, a platform you want to show up on, or a, a way of marketing that you want to focus on, and get good at that one. And then work on the next one. Instead of thinking you have to be on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and LinkedIn and blah, 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 blah. Find one that really feels good to you, one that you think your people are probably hanging out on and focus your attention there. And once you focus your attention there, probably a lot of the things you created there are going to be repurposed, repurposable onto other platforms. So I'd say do your best to not overwhelm yourself when you're trying to show up and start being consistent on any given platform. Yeah, yeah, I love that advice. Because I know I think often people feel like, yeah, they have to be all the places all the time. And then you you do everything poorly, because you're like, I'm trying to figure everything out. It's crazy. And instead, yeah, I'm like, just start with one, get your feet wet, feel good about it. And then when you're ready, you know, like you said, it's really easy to repurpose once you once you get a, like a formula down. Yeah. And once you get a system in place for creating in the first place, then it's a matter of just finding a tool that will publish to everywhere. Like there's AI tools now, there's Zapier now, there's, you know, a lot of the social media schedulers will push the same post to all the different platforms if it's in the right format. So once you get into a rhythm of actually creating something to go out, then it's just a matter of choosing the right tool to blast it to all those places. So you are present on more platforms. Yeah. Well, speaking of tools like that, um, what do you what do you use for your business? You know, thinking how you're going to go off grid for a couple of weeks. I'm like, what did you do? To, what did you use to schedule all your social media posts and, and the podcast and whatnot? Yeah, totally. So the podcast goes out on Libsyn, which is a podcast hosting platform that distributes it to all the different platforms, all the podcast places. I use Planoly for social media scheduling. And I'll be honest, I almost never go in there. I have my virtual assistant do it because I don't need to do that part Outsource. anymore. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can. I know how. I taught her how I wanted her to use it. But um, it's not a fun part for me. So I handed it off. And then I use uh, ActiveCampaign as my email scheduler. So I set up lots of emails to go out. Some are nurture content that are just, you know, inspiring and encouraging and connecting with my audience. And some of them are inviting them to my next workshop that's coming up this summer. 
So yeah, I sit down and write a few emails. I schedule them out. I plan out what I want to be happening in my social media feeds and also in my like Facebook group and stuff like that. And I schedule those out on Planoly. And that's pretty much it. I mean, other than setting a reminder on my email to let my people know if they email me directly, I'm off grid for a couple of weeks. That's really the only way that people find out other than me posting that I'm in different places. Right. (laughs) On your website, you talk about how one of the key elements to great success is having an empowering support system. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, that that can look a lot of different ways. So one of the things like I just mentioned is I have a virtual assistant who I hand off the jobs that I am I know how to do, but I don't want to do anymore. <laughs> the nitty gritty, the data entry, the plugging things in, the scheduling things out. Um, she also does all the editing for my podcast, which I'm so grateful for because I can do it, but I don't want to spend my time doing that anymore. So having support for your business, whether that's mentorship or whether that's assistance, like a virtual assistant, um, is huge. It takes the burden of doing all the things all the time off your back. Um, also having an emotional support system. So that could be uh, friends who are also running businesses like you who understand sort of the grind that you're in and can have your back when you're having a low moment. I've had a group of um, four or five other entrepreneur friends who we used to meet every single week for like the first five or six years of my business. And it was amazing. Those moments where I was like ready to freaking quit, they had my back. They they could hold it and they didn't think I was crazy for what I was trying to create. It's different than having friends. It's different than having a spouse or you know family who loves you. Other people who understand the kind of business you're trying to grow and run, it's a different kind of support. Um, so I definitely recommend finding business community if you're, if you're an entrepreneur and growing a business yes. like this. And then also uh, life life support, like having body work or having, you know, a house cleaner. If you are tired of doing your housework, there are places in your (laughs) life where you can be supported and lifted up that are going to allow you to be more creative. They're going to allow you to show up in a different way. So um, I would say looking at those three areas, how is my life being supported? How is my business and emotional state being supported? And then also mentorship. Are there people who are going to help guide you forward and, you know, shine light on your blind spots and help you overcome those hurdles when you come to them? All of those different areas are definitely important to at least look at. Do I need support here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially, I, I feel like no matter what stage of business you're at, it's great to have a mentor who's ahead of you in the game who can, like you said, lead you kind of along the way, show you your weaknesses and vice versa, no matter where you are in your business, it's great to look at who's just starting and how we can help them out too. Like that, that support is key for supporting one another growing. um, And just like, also not feeling like you're alone in this process, you know, because it can be kind of lonely being a solo entrepreneur, but you have to reach out. Yeah. So Speaking about reaching out and hitting the road, summer is here and you are living the van life. Tell us, what does that look like? How does that work? Um, So I'll say I'm not one of those people who lived in a house and then was like, I'm dropping everything and I'm getting in a van and I'm going to go. I've been nomadic for like 15 years. I've had, I bought the van about five years ago. So I've been, I've been traveling most most of my life. Um, but van life was definitely an upgrade from being more of a nomadic kind of vagabond artist back in my 20s. 
And I love it. I love being able to have uh, the comforts of home everywhere I go. I love being able to easily spend quality time with the people that I love the most. Like my brother has four kids and I get to go and spend a whole month just being auntie, usually in the fall. Cool. And yeah, I get to go to whatever events I want to go to. I can go and then be in that place for a while. Um, so it really serves me. It, it can be a little bit stressful. You know, I have to find good signals so that I can run my business out of the van, which I've gotten very good at. And I have a signal booster on the van and stuff like that. But Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask, how do you, do you just look for campgrounds or places that have Wi-Fi no, I would and then say use I've the signal spent, booster? Or? I've, set, I've spent three nights in a campground in the last five years of van life. So I almost never go to campgrounds, but I have a, two cell phones so that I have as much hotspot data capacity as possible. I have about 150 gigs of hotspot data. And then I have a signal booster, which boosts the cell signal. So I'm really just running Wi-Fi off of my phones. And running two podcasts, relying on <laughs> cell signal is it can be exactly yeah. So I, I plan ahead, and another reason why I only do calls three days a week is so that I can only be responsible for making sure I have that strong of signal because pretty much my entire business is run on Zoom. No, that makes sense. You're like I have to plan for these three days to be someplace or some some configuration where it's going to work, but then the rest of the time I don't have to worry about it. So this episode is going to come out right at the beginning of summer. And you said you've got some workshops coming up. Tell us a little bit about some things people might be interested in. Yeah, absolutely. I've got uh, in June and July, I have um, a master class. There's two date options, June 27th or July 11th, I believe. And it's called Magnetic Leaders Next Steps. So it's like a vision into action planning call which will go big vision. What do you want to create? What's next on your plate? And then we'll start breaking it down into um, a game plan and an actual like action list and then actually putting that into real time so that a big project like your next course or writing your book and launching it or starting a podcast, something that's maybe been on your to-do list and not getting attention can start to be a lot more actionable, a lot more tangible, a lot more um, in play so that you can actually bring something big and new and exciting into your life. And it's kind of like a half day retreat for your business. It's a three hour call and we go to a lot of different places over those three hours. And then August 10th, I've got another group hypnosis session, um, which is going to be focused on um, flow state and bringing more of your uh, creativity into your present life. So that'll be fun on August 10th. And I have my big group program, Magnetic Leaders, Magnetic Influencers Collective starts in the end of July, which is a six-month program for coaches and healers who want to do big magic while mastering the marketing of their business. Sounds good. Sounds like a lot of interesting things coming their way. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we go? Maybe a little bit about uh, each of your two podcasts? Yeah, sure. I've got two podcasts. One is called Tactical Magic, and that's uh, business strategies and healing modalities for the warrior goddess entrepreneur. And then Reveal the Game of Life is a show that I run with my co-host, Chris Tomaso, And that one's really a conversation of consciousness and analyzing the lens through which uh, we see and view our lives and how to maybe shift that lens so that it's more fun and engaging to play the game of life full out. And as far as words to leave y'all with, what I usually say at the end of my podcast is just keep asking big questions and taking bold action because you are here for a reason. Yes, we are. We are definitely here for a reason. 
So on that note, if you'd like to connect with Molly, please check the show notes. I'll have links to her website and her social media. Uh, As always, thank you for listening to You Betcha She Did. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way for listeners to find us. And when we do, we are lifting women up everywhere. Until next time. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Fire Breathing Kittens is an actual play one-shot podcast that plays various tabletop role-playing games with a season-long plot. Because there's a beginning and an end to each week's story, you can start at any episode. Each week has a different combination of four from the same rotating cast group of people. Join Fire Breathing Kittens as they solve detective mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. You can find Fire Breathing Kittens wherever you get your podcasts.